Welcome to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast, a safe space for honest, transparent, authentic, and real-life gist about being a mother, African style. I am your hostess with the mostess, Barry Dakara, and I'm here to share the unique experiences of being an African mother. Thank you for tuning in. Oya, drop the kids, get comfy, and make we start! Hi everybody, how are you today? Welcome to this episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. This is episode 25. Guys, this is a milestone episode. I mean, 25. Am I not trying? Am I not trying? <laughs> you guys, listen, I deserve all the accolades for this, okay? I'm, like, I'm patting myself on the back. Um, but yes, if you are new, my name is Barry Dakara. I am the hostess of this podcast. And I hope that you enjoy today's episode. And also feel free to listen to other episodes of the podcast. We have a lot of fun here. We talk about everything anything, all the things <laughs> pertaining to motherhood and we're only just getting started. So I'm really, really excited. Um, for today's episode, I am interviewing a very old friend. Um, she, she and I go way back. Um, we grew up together. Um, her, her parents were um, pastors in the church that we uh, used to go to back home in Nigeria. And her name is Ibube. She talks about what life has been like as a single mom. Um, she really shares very honestly and very um, transparently what it was like um, finding out that she was pregnant and telling um, her child's father the news and telling her parents as well. And she was really open and really raw in, um, in everything that she shared. And her daughter... <laughs> Her daughter was also in the background just yapping away because, I mean, that's what toddlers do. Um, so I think it's a really insightful and hopefully impactful episode that I think you guys should definitely take your time to listen to and share as well. Um, I do have to note that we briefly talk about um, the subject of abortion and she shared her opinion on abortion and some of you may or may not agree with her opinion and that is fine um i hope you guys understand that mommy oyoyo podcast is not judgmental in any way but i do allow people the freedom to express their opinions and we can always agree to disagree so I just had to put that out there for anyone who might try to send me a DM or send a message like, hey, how can you guys say this or how can you say that? See, it's okay. Everybody's allowed to have, you know, their opinions and express them. Um, so anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, don't forget to follow Mommy Oyoyo online at Mommy Oyoyo, M-O-M-M-Y-O-Y-O-Y-O. And without further ado, let's listen. Good morning. Good morning. I'm gonna say good morning. Say hi. Hi. Hello. Say hello. She's just waking up from sleep, so. Uh-huh. Hi, baby girl. Say <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I guess I guess yeah. in between the calls, you'll probably talk about that. So that's quiet. Okay, since you just woke up. Mm -hmm. I have to say, you're very lucky. She's still staying asleep till 8.45 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and funny thing is that this 8.45 that she's staying up to is actually too early for me because normally she usually wakes up at 10, 11. What? <laughs> yeah, she'll sleep from, because she goes to bed at 10.30 latest. And she'll sleep till 10, 11 the next day. Okay, so she sleeps pretty late. But then she's sleeping yeah. about 12 hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she, she sleeps that late because most of the time is when I'm usually, I try to get done with what I have to do in the day. Okay. Yeah, uh, bed, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Well, welcome to uh -huh. the podcast. Thank welcome, you for having me. Mommy, welcome to Mommy Oyo Yo. I'm so excited to have our chat today. I am excited to, he to be here and to finally get to talk about it and do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Okay. Um, do I get to my age or just say my name? And You don't need to ask how old you are. Anybody know how old I am? <laughs> I'm thirty-seven. Right, um, my name is Abu Bay Wobu. Uh, I am. Um, I am. I live in Atlanta. I am a single mother of one, and uh, I am from Nigeria by birth, but American by citizenship. I gotta put that out there. <laughs> and um, <laughs> no, it's very, it's very important. <laughs> And um, yeah, I'm into um, IT. I am a database administrator, SQL Server database administrator. And um, so yeah, that's that's the brief stuff about me. Perfecto. Okay. So let's just dive right in. You mentioned that you are a single mom. Would you mind sharing? Yes, I am. Yeah, would you mind sharing how you became a single mom? Like, was it that um, you were in a relationship, it didn't work out, or were you previously married and then it didn't work out, or did you decide to just say, oh, I don't want to have a child, or I want to adopt a child? <laughs> what, what was the, what were the circumstances? Oh, yeah, I was in a relationship, I would say, for about three years, and uh, it didn't work out, so, and then it ended up in me having a baby towards the end of the relationship, so yeah, that was how... I became a single mother to this awesome girl right here. She is awesome. Um, yeah. What was it like when you found out you were pregnant? And like, did you go through, like, what were the, what was the, what were the emotions that you went through? And like, did you think about other options other than, you know, keeping her? Like, just what was that? What was your thought process at the time of finding out you're pregnant and then going through to, you know, delivery oh girl chile okay so when when i found out i was pregnant i didn't know that i was pregnant obviously so what happened i had my mom had just lost her sister her younger sister and so we were going back to nigeria for her funeral in january of 2018 and this was just when my relationship had finally packed up and we were done. And so I hadn't seen, you know, I hadn't seen my period for about five days. And I'm like, okay, it's typically late. I have 
an issue with hormonal, my hormonal balance and everything. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's hormonal issues and stuff. So I'm like, okay, when I get to Nigeria, I would um, go go to my friend's dad's hospital and get my uh, hormones checked out. So I remember I called my friend and I'm like, okay, can I go come to your dad's office and do my hormone balance test? And she was like, that, why? What's going on? I said I hadn't seen my period in, in after that time it was eight days now. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen my period in eight days. I didn't pregnancy was the last thing on my mind because I had previously been told that I couldn't get pregnant. I think oh, wow. in 2011, a doctor had told me that my hormones were not enough to cause me to get pregnant. So if I, if I do get pregnant, it was going to be a very slim chance. That was what they told me. Oh, wow. So it, it was the last thing that came to my mind. So I'm like, oh, I'm having hormone, my period, because my period will come 30 minutes in a day, one day, or maybe half a day or two days, and then it will be gone. Really? So my friend goes, it will be, yeah. So my friend, my friend was like, it will be, you haven't seen your period in eight days. I'm like, yeah. And it was, she was like, are you not worried that you could be pregnant? I'm like, no, because I mean, it, it's happened before. She's like, well, you are pregnant. I'm like, okay, let's get a test and check it out. Mm-hmm. So we went went to a pharmacy. I got a pregnancy test and then we went to the went to because we were at a restaurant. So I went to the bathroom of the restaurant and I got myself I tested it and I saw the, the two pink stripes. And in that moment I didn't know anything again. I didn't know what what two pink stripes meant. My mind flew I, everything just it was like everything came to a standstill. And I'm asking my friend, I'm like, hey, what does two stripes mean? And she's like, be that means pregnant. And I'm like, it's not possible. I didn't cry that first day. I came out, called um, my ex, and I'm like, hey, I am pregnant. And at first he hung up, and then he was like, he'll call me back. So that night I went back home, and I was, I was, just talking to God and I'm like God what is all of this why what how, um, and I can't I mean I cannot ask you why I had sex obviously so that's how it happened <laughs> so I'm like what do I do how do I like how do I handle all of this and then in that moment he gave me this passage um I think it was Psalm 127 verse 7 or some or verse 3 I'm not sure but it's um Children are a gift from the Lord, and the fruit of the um, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. And I'm like, uh, I haven't done much of a good job for you to give me a reward. And um, my mom, we had just come from my, from my auntie's funeral from I just come from Popo, so my mom was still crying, so she couldn't even tell that my whole world was spinning out of control right. because she was the morning. My mother can smell pregnancy from 100 miles away. But for some reason, she couldn't tell me. She couldn't tell at that moment. But one thing that happened, one thing that never happened was abortion never came through my mind. Thinking about it right now, I'm not sure why it never came through my mind, but it never did. So um, I was like, okay, um, let me let's see what it was. Go- what let's see how the whole this all this thing is gonna play out. Then that week we went to my mom's village and well she doesn't like to be calling it a village. My mom's island, Bonnie Island. My mother can beat you up if you call that in the village. So we went to Bonnie Island to spend some time with family. 
and um they were playing this song by um Ada Cheta and I was playing it on my phone and I remember I took a, I I came out we were in the LNG estate and I came out taking a stroll and I sat down they had this clean dry gutter and I sat down there and I cried out first time I was actually crying. I cried and cried. I had my headphones in. I so I didn't cry. I wailed bitterly. Oh wow! I cried and cried and cried and cried. I didn't even know how loud I was crying. That two women came out from their kitchen in their house that was across the street, and they were just looking at me. Oh wow! One of them is Mrs. Salome. She's still my friend till today, and she's like, "What is going on? Why are you crying?" And I'm like, I just found out that I was pregnant and uh, it's like, I don't know what to do. And she, she just started talking to me that it's okay, that um, God is going to be just basically just encouraging me. Uh-huh. So that was how I packed. I cleaned my eyes and I went back into the house. Like nothing happened. So I had told my sister and from that, from the very first day I found out, I started praying and asking God that he should please um help my parents not to be too angry with me when I tell them that I'm eventually pregnant. Uh-huh. And it dawned on me that that was a very selfish prayer for me to pray. They have the right to be angry and they should be angry. I mean, their daughter is pregnant out of wedlock and why am I trying to take away that right for them to be, for them not to be angry? That was a very selfish prayer. So I changed my prayer and I said, God, please, when I eventually do tell them, help me handle whatever that comes with me telling them. Help me to be able to withstand it. And because uh, I remember my mom had lost her best friend because of something like this too. He, he found out his daughter was pregnant mm. and he had a heart attack and he died. Oh, wow. Yes. So I'm like, that one, he wasn't even a pastor of a church. He was just an elder in Anglican church. So I'm like, imagine my dad, a pastor, my mom, a pastor, like a well-known pastor in Portacourt. Right. Ha! So I, I just, every morning I wake up and I'll pray. Every morning I wake up and I'll pray. And I remember still dealing with all of the issues and the pain of having to do it all by myself. Mm-hmm. Um... I remember he, her dad had asked me to take it out. That it's going to be tough for me by myself. And at that moment, I knew I already knew that he wasn't trying. To, he wasn't trying to be there, and I wasn't going to force him to be there again. Uh-huh. So I told him I wasn't going to do that. I cannot do that. She did, the baby didn't do. As at that time, I hadn't found out it was a girl. Uh-huh. I'm like the baby didn't do anything to me. So why would I just? kill her like that she's innocent it was none of her business she was on her own chilling and then we decided to have sex unprotected and she came right so i'm like i'm not going to do that so that was the last time i ever had that conversation with him so every day i was praying and i would just say holy spirit please help my mom holy spirit please help my mom please i was just that was just the prayer i was praying every day so i eventually told my mother and my mother was just and it was she was in Texas at the time because my sister was also pregnant. Uh-huh. My sister had been waiting on God for a child. She was married four years and nothing. And they look at me here, 
going to go and have sex and then bam, baby. And my sister has been having sex in her husband's house, nothing. Right. So my sister, my sister was pregnant and she was due. So she had given birth. So my mom was doing omugo, as we call it in Nigeria, in her house. So that was where I told my mom. Over FaceTime, my sister died. Oh, wow. And yes, it was over FaceTime. Imagine if I was there, she'd have probably wooed me, wooed me back to the day I was born. So it was over FaceTime, and she was just quiet. I could feel the, you know, when something is so quiet, you can feel how you can hear how loud it is. Mm-hmm. I, she was so quiet, and then she was like, you know, for the past one week, the Holy Spirit had been telling me. Ibu wants to tell you something, but I need you to be very quiet. I need you to be very calm. I need you not to be angry with her. I just need you to love her. But then she was like, it's time she would ask him, what is it that she's trying to tell me? He will be like, wait for her to tell you. I can't tell you. She will be the one to tell you. And at that moment, when she's telling me all of this, I'm just crying that, God will love me so much not to give out my secret or my mm-hmm. issue to my parents. You get. And my mom was like, So this is what it is that you are trying to tell me. And she was like, She doesn't know where she went wrong, that what did she do wrong? I'm like, You didn't do anything wrong. You treat yeah. you trained me how you were supposed to train me. At at some point you have to understand that I'm responsible for whatever decision that I make in right. life. You've done your best. Sorry, Mama. <laughs> You've done your best, and you have to leave the rest to me and God. So that's where I failed and everything. So from that moment that she found out, she was calling me every day to make sure that my mind was okay, like my mental health was okay. Because she's actually my mom's actually a nursing professor, and at that time she was taking she was teaching um students and mental health. So she was making sure that my mental health was okay. She was asking me how I'm doing. She was praying over me. She was asking me how my, like when I, cause I, was, I had to go for um, 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 scan every, every week because I had um, ovarian cyst that was growing oh, wow. on my left ovary. Yes. So I had to keep going every week for them to check, to see that it was not trying to press on my uterus. Mm-hmm. So that was, why so every day she'll call me how is it is it shrinking how are you have you eaten how is your mind so that was that then my father found out in june my mom was like oh that she can't keep the secret anymore um i I need to tell my dad and um i'm like okay that she can go ahead and tell him so one day i was having i didn't even know she had told the one that was taking a shower and my dad called me and he was crying on the phone. Aww. And I'm like, oh my God, daddy, I am so sorry. I'm sorry that I brought this shame to you and the family. And I was like, no. That when, when, he, when my mom told him that I was pregnant, that he went and he knelt down and he started asking God, that, oh, that what is he going to tell his friends? What's he going to say? What's he going to do? And then at that moment, God asked him, if you're feeling this bad, how do you think? The girl feels. Um, and at that moment, he said he got up from there. That was how, why he decided to call me. And then he was like, I'm sorry. I'm going to be there for you. Anything you need from me, I'll be here. So my dad basically 
fasted every day until the day I gave birth. Wow. So like having them by my side, my sister, my sister, it was like if the pregnancy was her own. She was on my by my side every every I spoke to my parents every day. Right. So having them by my side and and I didn't even so that I think that was one of the, another reason why having an abortion never crossed my mind because it's like I cannot the the shame of like this having the scene of having premarital sex was one thing and then committing murder too. I'm like I cannot use one sin to cover another sin. It's not me trying to be over religious or over spiritual, right? But I felt like right. I couldn't do that. I just couldn't do that to this child, and I was I was um trying to reroute my relationship back to God again. It was not it was not as if I fell off, but in the course of my relationship with her dad. I had made some decisions that I wasn't supposed to, I shouldn't have made. So it was like, I was trying to reroute myself. And I'm like, using one scene to cover another scene was just going to be so stupid. And I'm like, what if I died? What would I, what would I tell God was my reason for coming over to the other side? Right. And I'm like, what if with the hormonal issues that I had, this was going to ever be my only child? then I would let fear make me really? never have a child again now. So that those are all the things that I thought about. And I'm like, no, you know what? I'm not going to go that route. So then those were the things that came to my mind, why I never thought about anything, but making sure that I was going to go through this pregnancy the whole nine months with whatever pain and tears that would come with it. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so everyone that's listening, I should um, just tell you guys that Ibu and I go way back. Like we grew up together. Um, she had mentioned that her dad um, is a pastor, so it was a pastor of our church. So we've known her since we were um, little. And she didn't tell us she was pregnant either, even though we're here in Atlanta. <laughs> I found out. When did I find out? When she was like a month old? Yeah, she was about a month, just before so, Thanksgiving. Right, so just about a month old, and um, we posted from Ibube, how are you? And Ibube was like, well, I have something to tell you. And she told me, and I was just like, wait, what? You know, and for me, and when I eventually told, it was kind of dramatic, maybe to my parents too, because my parents are kind of like second parents to her. And mm-hmm. Um, that is true. She said, just as she said that her mom was quiet, when my dad found out, because he saw in person, my dad was quiet. I couldn't talk for like almost forty-five minutes. My dad was. He was. Shock. He was quiet the whole time. He was in shock, and it would be. It seemed like you thought that they would be ashamed of you, and how could you do this and everything. Whereas for them, because after we after we left your house that day, my parents were just like, "How could she have gone through all of this without us being there?" Like they felt bad themselves because it's like she's supposed to be our family, you know, like our daughter, and she's gone through this whole thing, and we had no idea. Like we need to do better, 
and you know we love you so much we love you and um so yeah just wanted to put that out there um miss zippy we love you when are you coming to come and um, spend the weekend with us again actually you know what i'll spend the weekend with you guys oh i I would love to have you guys over we'll do that soon okay so could you just share what a typical weekday is like for you as a single mom Okay, so um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a sickle server database um, administrator, and as God will have it, I was able to get a job to work remotely. So since the Pora was, um, I think, four and a half months, I had been working from home. So a typical oh, work week, exactly. It was a typical week day. I felt like that was just God telling me, I see you, so let me just give you this so that you don't lose your mind completely so that saved me on daycare and nanny money so a typical work day weekday for me is i wake up in the morning and um well before i moved her to her room which was only in november i would get up get get um get my own day started have my bath and have breakfast and then i would clock in like literally just roll over and clock into work and uh when she was a lot younger it would be me trying to breastfeed and having meetings and making sure that she's not talking in the meetings or something <laughs> or i would put i never my plan was never to introduce her to the in, um, to tv early but i had no choice so Girl, i would have to, you and me both if, you and oh, me both. totally understand <laughs> Because I think I'll, if you need to go shower, if you need to go quickly do something, exactly. you need because, to uh, hide. Don't uh, worry. I had that same dream too and it quickly went away. <laughs> oh, my dream was like, oh, when she turns one, that's when I want to do era. It now work one bit. <laughs> so I would have to like put her in her little bouncy chair or whatever trap her in and then put on the cocoa. After that, I think what I was watching was Dave and Ava. I put it on and then go into my room. I was in a one bedroom then. I put it, I'll put it on and then go into my room, close the door and then have my meetings. So it was like, I'm trying to shuffle between her and work and her and work. But she was pretty much a very easy baby. I never had like sleepless nights. I never had a situation where I would be up all night before. Cause she wouldn't sleep. She she slept on time, and she wouldn't wake up until later. And then when I nursed her up until thirteen and a half months, oh that was frustrating. But um, like right now, now she's all grown. My typical day for work, I would I clock in at nine o'clock. So I clock in at work, and then she's all up in my face, and I'm finding it hard to try to attend to work and at the same time also talking about working to clock in um i'll find it hard to try to attend to her and at the same time send emails or respond to customers online and i will feel bad that i'm not giving her attention i'm not being able to play with her or you know how you see parents post on instagram Oh, I'm teaching my daughter how to say A, B, C, and my son can say A, B, C, one, two, three at age one. And I'm like, well, you're lucky, you're home. You don't really do anything. 
Right. So it's like you're able to give the child your undivided attention. Whereas I'm at home, but at the same time, I'm having to work and give her her undivided attention and then make sure she eats every two and a half, three hours. So it's it's hard, but she's an easy baby. She's an easy baby. Not so much of an easy toddler, but an easy baby. How old is she now? She is a year and three months. She turned three months in uh, December. Yeah, three months, about 15 months. Okay. Now she's, she's opinionated. She has a mind of her own. If it's not what she wants, she's not doing it. She wants to hold her bottle by herself. Like, you know how the the um, Nestle water bottle? Yeah. Yeah, she wants to hold it by herself. Don't give her, don't hold it for her. Like, so she, she's not much of an easy toddler, but yeah, surviving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to do the best that you can, isn't it? And then, yeah, yeah. so what, what time do you get off work? I get off work, luckily. So I clock in at nine. I get off at five o'clock. Okay. Because the people that I support are in uh, Seattle. So they're on the other side of town, the West Coast. Yeah. So I support them. But then I get off work at, um, on the days that I'm not, on the weeks that I'm not on call, five o'clock. If I'm on call 24, I'm on the clock for seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then you, I guess you get her dinner, give her a bath. Uh, well, that. so, mm-hmm, so I, I give her, I get, I get her dinner. I try to feed her at least eight o'clock, eight thirty. So at least she's not going to bed hungry. Right. Right. So I try to give her, even if I don't give her a full meal, like maybe um. Um, I give her either cereal or I give her bread and we just started taking Milo. So bread and Milo. But yesterday I, I give her Semo and Iridu because mother feel. But hey, it's <laughs> been through the night. So yeah, I try to feed her 8 o'clock, 8.30 just before she goes, she goes to bed at 10. So at least she has something in her tummy just before bed. So I give her that Semo because, I mean, we needed something heavy to end the day. Then I clean her up. Mm-hmm. At night, I don't use, I don't shower her except maybe if she poops, if she like has a dirty diaper, then I shower her. But I just clean her up, with water, and then lotion her, and um, I brush her teeth. I try to brush her teeth. I mean, the goal is to brush her teeth every night. But hey, some days, yeah. So I brush her teeth, and then I pray. I pray over her. I anoint her head and back her. But now that she's older, she's having a mind of her own. She doesn't really want to be at my back. <laughs> so I just put her in her bed and listen to her cry. And I put, I put, I started putting, um, I looked for, because I'm trying my best to, I know the importance of what you listen to. Mm-hmm. So I tried, I tried my best that at night, um, I had to look for Christian lullabies. And I found this Hillsong lullabies where they play, play Hillsong songs as lullabies. Okay. So I play that in her room and then she just, she likes it. She, she will actually fall asleep to it. I'll just put her in her bed and once she starts hearing it, she will just lay down and then put herself to sleep by herself. So yeah, I love that. that's how I get her to bed. Yeah. Because I didn't want to show where she's just hearing anything. I'm trying to be conscious of making, I'm trying to be like, the, um, what's the English word now? Um, Intentional. Inter- hmm. I'm trying to be intentional of what I play for her and what I have to stop her from listening to Dave and Eva because sometimes all these witchy songs will just pop up and I'm like, mm, we're not even doing none of that in this house. So. Okay. 
Okay. I switched her okay. to um, Lulu Kids. So that one is cleaner and I'm not worried about what she listens to. So I'm trying to be intentional on what she watches, what she listens to. And yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Um, you briefly mentioned that you knew very early on that um, her dad was not going to be, a, I guess, a major factor in her life. So mm-hmm. can you speak a little bit about what supports you do have, um, your community, your village that's helping you um, where you need a hand or like with emotional needs or just if you just need someone to watch her like can you just speak a little bit about <laughs> so <laughs> she wants to tell us about the community yes i have that's one thing that i i am so thankful to god for like i can never overstress the importance of not just any kind of community but a godly community oh my god that is it is so important for me I have my friends here, my friends that are from church, and my friends, my Nigerian friends here. Well, after the time when I was pregnant, I, I was living with two of my friends, and I'll give them a shout out, Izine and Chichi. Those girls are amazing. Uh, so I have them. There was a day when I was so overwhelmed, and I just called them, and I'm like, I think she was, they had moved out when I had her. And I think she was about two months and I was just crying. And I said, I needed to sleep because it's not, it's not as if I had, she wasn't sleeping, but I just needed breathing space. And I didn't even explain to them. I just called and I said, isn't it? I'm, I just, can you guys come over? And because they heard me crying. I know they were doing something. Mm-hmm. In the next 15 minutes, they were at my house watching Zipporah and I slept off. So I have them, and then I have my friends Amika and Carissa from church, and those are the ones that I have here with me, and my parents, my sister, my sister and my me and my sister we talk every day. Like if I have questions of things that I don't know, my I call my sister. My mother talks to me every day. My dad would just call me randomly just to pray for me, and then he's like, "Oh, how is my granddaughter?" And then he wants to pray for her too. So having people that are making that are making sure that my mind is intact is just very important. And then um, I think over the weekend, my friend told me she just moved back from Nigeria. She came and spent like four days with me, and I didn't do anything. She was cleaning the pora, feeding the pora, putting her to bed, sleeping with her. She did every single thing. So for that four days. I was just I was just having to just chill and um having friends that basically I can call and then I remember when I was dealing with the whole her daddy thing being able to talk to you and it's uh being able to talk to you and having you talk to me and share certain points and things that I should do and I shouldn't do. Like I, I never told you but those Days that we talked actually did help me a lot. Having someone that I that I could talk to and express certain feelings that you could that could relate with me was very 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 helpful, and I actually do appreciate you for that. But I can never I can never stress having people by your side. Like I know I had to I I I've giving you the gist and I would just call you and be like, okay, this is what's happening now. 
I'm being able to offload what I'm going through was one of the reasons why I didn't lose my mind in 2018 or 2019. And yeah, that my community, oof, go deep, man. It's it's very important. It's, it's no, I very know important. that. I love them. I know that you're definitely blessed. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is um, single motherhood can be very, very isolating. Very, very Ugh. isolating. It can be very challenging. And it's not just about, you know, um, finances. It's not just about you know, really taking care of the child, by child or children by yourself. There's also the emotional aspect because there are a lot of things oh, yeah. that you want to talk about, but you know, some people might just not understand. And I would implore you, if you have any, like anybody that's listening, if you have any friends that are single mothers. I guess the answer um, just you know, give them support. Sometimes just ask them, hey, what can I do to help you this week or in the next month? And let them let you know what you know you can do because the support is very, very necessary, very needed. Oh yeah, it is. And one thing I would also add is if you are a single mother, please take all the help you're being offered. Don't try to form, oh, I can do, mm -mm, mm -mm. don't even, you're going to overwork yourself. Yeah. Take any, yeah. if anybody's offering you advice, like in terms of how to make life easier for yourself, please, by all means, take it. Let it not be that, oh, um, oh that doesn't work for me. Fine, if, it, if it's to make life easy for you, just take it. If someone calls you and says, oh, I'm coming over, I want to help you with the child, don't be like, oh, I don't trust other people with my children. As long as it's people that you that you love and they're your friends, just hand that child over to them. Because when when my friend came over this weekend, I mean, I um I don't think anybody has ever any ever any person has baited the poor about me, but I didn't even complain. I just handed over. I said, you know what, you're the part-time mommy this weekend. So she did everything. So any help you're being offered, please just take it. Yeah, it's not always going to be there. Exactly, and it's you don't have to be super mom. There's no super mom. Should have some help. All right, um, let's go on to um, if you can, if you don't mind sharing some of the challenges and some of the joys that you have experienced, um, with motherhood. Um, the first challenge that I experienced was the fact that my body changed. Ah, I used to be a sweet girl, man, very sweet girl for that matter. Just a sweet girl. But then, <laughs> we're not not in the level I was before. We were still trying to get Desha. But um, my body changed a lot, a whole lot. I um, I felt my my bra size. Let's start with that. I used to be a C cup. I went from a C cup to being a double D. And um, having to, before, if, when I gain weight, I wouldn't gain that much, but I'll be able to like take a run or go to the gym. But now having her, I'm not able to do all of that because it's just me. I'm not able to drop her in her bed and then go and run or um, go to the gym with her. The one time I tried going to my apartment gym with her, she cried the whole time, so that was the last time I did that. 
So, yeah, having to, um, then uh, I think what what she does now that kind of breaks my heart is the fact that um, I think on Sundays or maybe anywhere we go and she sees a guy, she will just walk up to him and then ask for him to carry her. Aww. And it kind of hurts me because I'm like, even though people don't think that kids know, they do know. I never, they, nobody ever started to tell her, oh, you don't have a father or your father is not actively there. Right. But you see that the child is searching for a father figure because there's none around her. I have my my male friends. I have she has her, her goddad here, but he's not. He's married with kids. He's not always here around her. But whenever whenever she sees him, she knows him, but she knows that it's not her own father. So I see her searching for that, and it hurts me because it's like I know I'm not going to be all of that to you, but. God is going to bring a father to you eventually. So that and those are those are usually my rough days. And then the days when it's like she's just crying for nothing. Like, why are you crying for nothing? You're clean, you've eaten, you just want the other day she was crying because I won't let her bite me. Why? Why is going to bite me? I'm a human I, I sometimes I don't, I don't tell her that I'm a human being, I'm somebody's child. Oh, I'm like, no be only you, no be only you get mama. Me self, get person will bone me. You get I'll just keep getting pigeon like that to her like that to her. So days like that and then the days that I like the days that I I just wanna just cry mm-hmm. cry for joy is when I'm either cooking or doing something and then she just walk up to me and hold my legs and be like, I love you Aww. and I will just like and sometimes she usually do that when she has really probably annoyed me or frustrated my life. She will not come and hold my leg. I love you. So I can't even get angry. And I'll be like, I love you too. And like, like she just heard her say that. I just did. Um, the days when my whole house looks like a mess and it's like I'm cleaning it up and I turn around and then she's doing another thing somewhere else. Like right now, I'm sticking on my braids and I have put my old hair to one corner. But the, this girl has come and I spread everything around my living room, my bedroom. So there's that. So like, what, why are you crying now? What's, what's it? I should come to the bathroom with you? What happened? What do you want? Okay, let's go. So now she's telling me she wants something. So let's go find out what it is that she wants. Okay, come on. And I didn't, I didn't expect her to start talking at one and a half or less than one and a half, but she's mm-hmm. here talking and telling me what it is that she wants. What do you want? So she wants this. You're welcome. She wanted her uh, oil bottle, so I'll give it to her. It's, but yeah, so those are the it's amazing how quickly they grow and how quickly yeah. they develop. It's really amazing. Yeah. And like yeah. time just flies by. You don't realize how quickly the time flies by. So I know that you're definitely savoring every moment that you have with her. Mm-hmm. And, um, I do want to comment on something you said, um, you know, when she's the man outside and she like goes up and she wants them. Children are really, really perceptive, you know, and 
she kids, you know, Dave and Ava, or she watches whatever she's watching. A lot of those, um, a lot of those um, TV shows and books and all of that. She's seeing mommy and daddy, right? So she knows mm-hmm. that they're supposed to be mommy and daddy. I, for me, it was. I think we, I took Coco out. She was one, and I took her to the playground, and she saw a little boy who was there with his mom and dad and she just kept pointing and looking at them and she was like mommy look that's his mommy that's his daddy and in in my mind it almost seemed like she was trying to tell me something like "Um, excuse me where's my daddy (laughs) right (laughs) that's what what it seemed like to me maybe i was going overboard um but that that's kind of what you it felt like to me like she knew that you know Thank you. the child should have more that usually but yeah um by getting to the end of it Zippy, thank you so much for your contribution to this podcast <laughs> what advice would you give to the african woman motherhood? Uh, um to the African woman facing single motherhood. It's yeah, just not because you know, like end. for African women, you know, being mm-hmm. a single mom is kind of like it's almost taboo. Oh yeah. Um there's a lot of um um it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon exactly. It's frowned upon. Unless it's something like where maybe her husband died or something like that. Or yeah. husband left. Yeah. Even you know, if her husband left, you still like ah, so you couldn't keep your family together, ah, you couldn't keep your marriage intact, whatever. True. Um, but so, so yeah, there is that stigma. So, what would you say to that woman who is facing this prospect of becoming a single mom, whether it's like with your situation, you know, um, a relationship gone bad, or you know, you just you slept with someone and um found yourself pregnant or you know someone whose marriage is packing up and they are afraid of what it's going to be like as a single uh, for you know as a single mom what would you say to that woman who is facing this path um and who's afraid or who has um, who has yeah i guess fear about it what would you say to her to encourage her I would say it's not it's not the end of the world, first of all. It's not at all. It's a different world, but it's definitely not the end of it. Um, com- your community matters. And the people that you have around you... Jesus, Lord. Are you okay? Uh-oh, what happened? She was born now. She fell. That's a fake cry. It's not the end of the world. Sorry for all the baby ad libs. No, it's okay. It's it's not the end of the world. It's definitely not. Your community, people that you have around you, it's it's very important that you have good people. You have to be very sensitive to the people that you have around you because you can have one around you that that is not around you for your best interest. You get and learning to cut off people. It's something is a skill that you're going to have to develop. It might be it might be painful. Okay, oh, Zippy, what's the matter? 
it might be painful, but learn, learn, being able to learn who and who to cut off without explanation is something that is a skill you have to develop. Mm-hmm. Then also, if you are a Christian, I would tell you that the Holy Spirit eh, would have to be your best friend. You know, you know, get how he has to be your best friend. You have to be able to call on him for anything. You have to learn to be able to talk talk to him about anything. You have to be able to, be able to ask him anything, and also be willing to listen to whatever it is that he's telling you to do. And one thing he will never tell you to do is to take out the child or to harm the child. And if you're not a Christian, in I would say have good friends. Just have good friends and. Your family, even though they'll be angry, they will still come around because once the child is involved, once the, when, the, when the child is in the womb, everybody can afford to be angry. But once the child is out, it's a whole different ball game altogether. Everybody is in love with that child. Yeah. So it's not, it's not the end of the world. Have good friends around you. If you sense a friend is not doing things in your best interest, no matter how long you guys have been friends, cut them off. Because you don't need you don't need any level of negativity around you at all. Because you're dealing with your mind, you don't need another person to add stress to you. I remember a friend that I had to cut off. We've been we had been friends since my first thing college, and she had done something that she shouldn't have done, and I didn't want to get angry about it. I didn't even want to even stress over it. I just I just cut off. I didn't even give any explanation because with what I was dealing with at the time, I didn't want to have to start saying. Oh, but you did this. You did it. Mm-mm. I got into a new place where I was like, you know what? This is the stress that I don't want to deal with. So I'm not trying to even deal with this friendship. It's not bringing me any peace. So let's just end it here. So it was. It wasn't like I didn't talk to her anymore. But the access that I gave her into my life was caught. The regular, oh, how are you? How are you? I would respond to that. But oh, ah, come and hear this Jesus, or come and see what's going on in my life. She didn't have that access anymore. So. Knowing who to give access to to your life and knowing who not to give access. I don't even care if the person is your child's relative or your relative. Know who to give access to and who not to give access to into your life. So, that, All right. Perfect. And make, one, one thing I would say also is, if you're, sorry, sorry to cut you short, if you're a single mother, look for, some, do, look for something or get a skill or job that will be able to take care of you and your child so that that way you're not looking or waiting for your child's father to come in because he's going to disappoint you and on the days when he does you don't want to be angry with him so let's just be like okay he didn't do it he didn't do it fine i can do it or i have people around me that can do it so yeah yeah. i know it's really really unfortunate it's very very unfortunate but um i see more often than not with a lot of men who mm-hmm. you know i mean uh, <laughs> there are a bunch of them who don't mind being instagram daddies and oh look at my daughter oh look at my son oh yeah mm-hmm. that's oh, i hate i hate okay. about that. sending money to your child though what about you know helping to pay for you know her bills what about things, yeah. this or she needs that you know i see it happen a lot of times and oh, yeah. it is very very unfortunate I think that any man that is not taking care of his child is you and God, sir. 
Because and another thing is that it's not even about the money or the stuff. Child. The child, at the end of the session, the girl child, regardless, the girl child, the boy child, that father figure is very important to them. But they don't see it like that, but it is it is very important. Yeah, it's, and, not, yeah, it's, not, it's not just the, the money. It's not just, you know, okay, well, I sent $2,000. I sent this money. No, it's not just that. You need to, like, be there and show them what fatherhood is like. Show them what a relationship with your father should be like. Uh, I know I spoke to someone who said, eh, well, you know, I'll just be sending money for my children. No, 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 no. And, um, upkeep. Don't worry, when they're eight years, they don't come out to the relationship. No, that's too late. That's too late. They, 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 need, they need to go and watch paternity court. Because <laughs> it doesn't work out like that. The kids already hurt. The kids already know somebody else. I, I have a friend where she was married for a couple of years. Then her husband and her husband separated, and now the man now is after like almost ten years. Now is now trying to come back into the life of the kids, and the kids now already grown. One is seventeen, one is eleven, and they're both like, no, we don't want you to come back into our life. And we, we where were you this whole time? We have a new father now, so that's who we know, and that's who we want to be with. Oh, now the guy doesn't have any, yeah. The 17 year old that is 18 now wants to, oh, about to turn 18, he wants to change his name from his father's name to his new dad's name. Man, are you he listening? Want... You better listen to this story and learn. It's I'm like, just saying. Like, it's like, it's, it's too late. You had this whole time, you stayed away from us this whole time, and then now you want to come in and think everything is going to be okay. He's like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And it's not sometimes you're like, oh, maybe the mother was poisoning them. I know this woman very well. So I know. She's not that kind of person. And I know she, she even now, so she won't advise me, oh, don't say anything bad about her dad. So it's like, she's not that kind of person. But at, the, at this point, it's like, she has given the kids the option to make their decision. And they've made their decision because they are grown enough, they know stuff, and they've seen stuff. So it's like, they've made a decision not to want to be in the guy's life anymore. So. Wow. Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. Well, thank you for that. But I think that's a great way to end this episode. It will be so much Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you so much for being really open and just honest and transparent and unfiltered. Thank you so much for um, everything and you're such a great mom to Zippy. Zippy is an amazing little girl. You're, you're doing so well. You're doing so so well. And um, we look forward to um, watching Zippy grow up. Yay! Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really did appreciate. I really did enjoy the session and uh, yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come share my story and my life and uh, everything. Thank you. You are very welcome. And thank you. God bless you. God bless you too, Zippy. Auntie Barry loves you. I love you. Say I love you. Girl, you're going to be shy now? Okay. Can you imagine? <laughs> no. All right, Auntie I Barry. You. I love you. All right. You guys Bye. have a wonderful day. You too. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. Out of everything you could be doing, you chose to spend the time with me and I am truly grateful. Please follow us on social media at Mommy Oyoyo, which is M-O-M-M-Y-O-Y-O-Y-O. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Feel free to send us feedback and suggestions that way or via our email at mommyoyoyo at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast on your favorite podcast players. Rate and review the podcast. And finally, don't keep this goodness to yourself. Share the Mommy Oyoyo podcast with your friends, your family, your co-workers, and more. The Mommy Oyoyo podcast, sharing experiences of African motherhood. Mommy Oyoyo, Mommy Oyoyo, Mommy Oyoyo. See you next time.